It's All Things Considered, and I'm Dave Lawrence. Today we're continuing our off-the-road interview series, remotely connecting with artists around the world during the pandemic. Hear everyone we've spoken with so far on HPR's mobile app and at hawaiipublicradio.org. Just look for the Off the Road banner on the front page. And today, it's guitar monster Kenny Wayne Shepard, back with a new live album, Straight to You Live, which is also the first ever live DVD from this acclaimed guitarist who's toured on the bill with some of the biggest names in rock, Bob Dylan, Aerosmith, The Eagles, and Van Halen, to name a few. He's recorded and toured with members of Stevie Ray Vaughan's band. In fact, Stevie's drummer in Double Trouble, Chris Layton, is Kenny's drummer these days. Kenny's also gotten to play some of Jimi Hendrix's guitars and studied and recorded with blues legends like B.B. King. He's got stories to tell, and we're grateful to welcome him now, joining us from his home outside Nashville. So first and foremost, Kenny, a big aloha, brother, and welcome to the show and our series that we're doing off the road. Hey, thanks, man. Thanks for having me on. You are welcome. And let's go back to the tour it was recorded on. Now, the new release was recorded in November 2019 before the pandemic, but that tour continued into 2020 for the Traveler album. So take us back, and if you can, try to tell it in story form and walk us through when you first remember starting to hear about the pandemic and how it began to impact your tour that you were on eventually halting it well i mean we were on the road and this live dvd was recorded i think in our second trip over to europe that year this was november of 2019 when we recorded this show and then uh we came home after that for the holidays and we did a uh, a blues cruise out in the Caribbean mm. in January. And I think you were just kind of starting to hear about it then. But, you know, we went ahead. Nothing was stopping the cruises, I don't think. You know, we did that. And then after that, we actually made a trip right at the end of February to play a blues festival in India, in Mumbai. And that was when you first started seeing a few people walking around the airport showing up with masks and stuff. And we got to customs in India and we were clearing customs and all the people working at the border there had masks on. And that's when you're like, wow, this is different. Wow. Playing in India. I'd actually never been to India before. That was, uh, that was really cool and enlightening and it was a great experience. I'm really grateful to have been able to go over there and I certainly look forward to going back again. I mean, Really, uh, you know, it's a lot of uh, history and a lot of culture over there. Just walking out, exploring the city and walking, you know, amongst the people there and seeing, you know, uh, the spirit of the city that we were in and and the people around there. And then also the cuisine. I mean, I'm a a big food person, man. So I love like, you know, experiencing all things. I mean, I've been eating Indian food my whole life. Right. But like, okay, we're in India. So this is the real like, you know, this is authentic. Right. And so getting to experience that. And then we met up with a, a friend of mine from back home. Uh, knew a guy that actually was from there and who was actually going to be in town while we were there. And we met up with him and his wife and they took us, you know, on a trip, uh, you know, sightseeing into this island, into these historic caves. And, you know, so it was really great. I mean, we just had an all around fantastic experience there. Oh, I bet. Sounds like it. Food, caves, all that. So uh, continue the story after playing in India. We went there, we came back home, uh, made it back to the U.S., there was still a lot of uncertainty, like really nobody had a full grasp on, you know, what to expect or what this might turn into. I don't think anybody expected what has actually happened. The tour, where exactly were you when they pulled the plug on it? 
So we had just come back from India and I had a surgery scheduled, uh, which I never had a surgery before, but I had a surgery that I had done, right? I think it was like March 4th or something. It was like the first week of March, which again was very lucky timing because it wasn't very long after that, that they started shutting down unnecessary. I mean, it was necessary, but it wasn't like a life or death surgery. So I think it would not have happened if it was a week or two later. Um, So anyways, uh, I went in to do that and, you know, they had all the warnings up in the hospital. If you traveled to China or these places lately, or if you have any of these symptoms. So I I had the surgery and, and I had planned, I think it was two or three weeks of recovery and then we were supposed to hit the road again. And so I was recovering from my surgery as, you know, the virus was God. beginning to spread around our country and and start, you know, exploding. And, and then the lockdown started happening. And so, um, you know, we, we just kind of waited and, and waited to see what was going to happen and until it became clear that, like, everybody's going home and nobody's going to be allowed to play live music and we kept rescheduling shows and then we would get close to those dates and then they're like oh it's not going to happen so then you reschedule and it's just been a perpetual state of rescheduling the tour over and over and over again where does it stand now nobody knows nobody can give anybody any kind of answers i mean in my opinion i think the people in our industry will be the last people to go back to work just because it involves large gatherings sure. of people. Like I said, they keep rescheduling them because you want to be prepared, right? Like I get it. The moment they do give people the green light and, and the fans are, are comfortable to show up, you want to be there, you know? And so we do keep rescheduling them and there are new dates that, you know, that we acquire and that we put on the books. So then eventually when you get close to them, if they're not going to happen, they'll get bumped to a future date. So you'll always have dates ready. And then it's just a matter of uh, if you get the clearance. I get it. I mean, that's a good explanation that um, that gives uh, a little bit of insight to how the booking agents must have to keep working. I mean, they're still working through this to try to, to figure it out. Let me tell you what, those guys, they've been working nonstop on this and none of them have gotten paid because nobody's been doing any of these shows. Right. So these booking agents are working their butts off. And they have yet to make any money off of all the work they've done because nobody's, you know, hardly anybody's been able to do any shows of any real significance, you know. Some of the very popular and talented folks who passed away, I wonder if you were a fan of or ever got to see Manu Dibango, John Prine, Ellis Marsalis, father of uh, Winton and Branford Delfeo, also Adam Schlesinger, Fountains of Wayne, Toots Hibbert of Toots and the Maytals. We lost all of them to COVID. Have you, have you ever seen any of those guys? Were you fans of any of them? Or have you lost anyone that you want to uh, share? Well, yes, I've seen a number of those guys. And as a matter of fact, Ellis Marsalis, I've known him since I was like 13 years old. My dad knew him and they were on this Louisiana State Music Commission together back when I was a kid. And Ellis was like one of the guys that early on in my life, when I was even just barely considering pursuing music, he was one of the guys that encouraged me the most, you know. So, I mean, all those people, anybody who's died is a significant loss. You know, we're all people, we're all living this life together. Um, And, you know, nobody wants to lose anybody. Um, I've had a number of uh, friends and family members that have come down with it. But, I, you know, thankfully, uh, I haven't lost anybody um, directly 
close to me as, as a result of it yet. We've heard so many tributes to Ellis Marsalis, like John Schofield, who got, was with George Duke and went and played for a bunch of Ellis's kids one time at his school in the mid-70s, to uh, just the, the guest, a few guests before you, we had um, George Benson on. And he was talking about Ellis bringing Winton and Branford when they were little kids to see George in some park <laughs> da- down there. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And he is such a sweet guy. Like, you know, obviously, I only have my own experience to draw from. But I, no, I've never met anybody had a bad thing to say about him. And he was such a, a really sweet, soft-spoken dude, carried a lot of weight. When he opened his mouth, it was heavy. You know what I mean? He always had something of real weight and significance to say. And like I said, he was very encouraging to me. As a kid, you know, he just, you know, made me feel like when I had little conversations with him here and there, he he made me feel like, you know, maybe I could make something out of myself with music, you know, and that's really important. Left a big impression on me. It's guitarist Kenny Wayne Shepard, the latest guest in our All Things Considered Off the Road interview series. And tomorrow we'll conclude. Hear this segment and everyone we've spoken with so far on our HPR mobile app and at hawaiipublicradio.org. Just look for the Off the Road banner on the front page. I'm Dave Lawrence.